conversations around wellness and weight loss can be complicated. There's the Instagram filter we all see on IG and social media, and then IRL. And between $20 smoothies and daily ice baths, everyone is doing the most to hack the health system. But there's a better way. Row. Row provides access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. Over 200,000 people have already chosen Row to help them lose weight. And you can sign up from the comfort of your own home. No scheduling a doctor's appointment, commute to the doctor's office, and no waiting rooms. The Row Body Program pairs a weekly shot with healthy lifestyle changes so you can lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Of course, medication must be paired with diet and exercise modifications in order to achieve any stated results. Medication cost is not included in the program. Patients must pay for medication separately. With Roe, average weight loss is 15 to 20% in one year with healthy lifestyle changes. BMI and other eligibility criteria apply. Go to roco slash Girls. You can sign up today and you'll pay just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash Girls. Sign up today. I love a guy with facial hair because I'm always a beard. <laughs> I might be dead inside, but you should come to Housewives Live. <gasps> oh, that was really good. Thank you. You guys, it's Andy's Girls. It's F118, which wow. feels like a thing. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what it feels like, but it feels like something. I'm so excited. I just realized I didn't like check the audio, but it's fine. Um, I'm so excited to be joined by none other than honorary um, OG of the AG. I forgot what that phrase was. <laughs> Ryan Houlihan, help me. My life is I feel like apart. the Shannon Bedore of this podcast where <gasps> you, sometimes you remember that she only joined in like season <gasps> seven or whatever and you're like, what? I feel like I've known this woman since the dawn Shannon, of time. Shannon, Dorinda, sometimes Margaret. Sonia is not an Sonia, OG. Sonia, season three. It's wild. It's crazy that Kelly joined New York before Sonia. It's crazy. Isn't that weird? Yeah, oh, bizarre. And it's crazy that, like, Carol was on longer than Jill Zarin because it didn't feel like we knew Carol as long as we knew Jill. Speaking of Jill Zarin. Speaking of Jill yesterday, Zarin. Yesterday. Speaking the, of Jill Zarin. The best day of my entire life when Jill Zarin followed me on Instagram, which I immediately put as an Insta story, because all of my Insta stories are just nonstop, Real Housewives C-SPAN, like literally, if there's something that you guys are like, why didn't she talk about that on the pod? It's because I'm a thousand percent talked about it for like 15 Insta stories <laughs> on the IG. But I posted like a, I think it was like Sound of Music to like a screenshot of her following me. And then I got really read by several people who said, you don't follow her. And I realized I didn't, I don't follow Jill. For some of, several of these housewives, I don't follow them because it doesn't matter because I'm checking their shit like every 30 seconds. So I immediately followed her and was like, I love you. But I felt well, really dumb. I only follow people that I know in real life or who followed me. And then I look at them and I'm like, oh, I know them from X, Y, and Z. I, I'll follow you. You only follow people that you know. I follow like, the randomest I had to stop photos that are pretty from travelers from 1973 like it's just I random had to food stop. stuff I had to stop it was polluting my brain to have 
like pe- the best parts of people's lives who are of means and in a situation I would never be in and are so attractive and they're just like on a beach doing like sex oh. work to travel around the world and they're like <laughs> I, like I can't living the dream by living the, way. the dream oh, I can't only do that anymore so I had to just get it all in my life and then I, would I love to start doing that I'll check housewives or certain celebrities regularly but I won't follow it just because I don't need it in my brain like I will look up Bethany or whatever but I won't but you follow don't her. follow her mm-hmm. see Bethany's insta stories I mean every time I look there's four you look at those little dashes up top there's always at least 300 of them she is phenomenal like, um, her dogs uh, she's like uh, Spencer and Heidi on the hills where she's just doing her own reality show when she's not on a reality <laughs> show. And you're like, God, you are addicted to being seen. Can I tell you, I tried watching it, the hills reboot. I, love it. I hate it so much. Really? It's so bad. And then I start, I spent that's like one, part of why I like it, but I don't find it enjoyable in any way. And then I started following Stephanie, not following as in literally following, but figuratively following her IG. And she like hates her brother, which I'm into, but it's just, it feels like there's so much happening with like Stephanie specifically on social media. And I don't see it carrying over onto the show. I think I've yeah. seen one episode of the reboot. They I don't didn't know. really bring in enough, but I do think that we're, it's setting us up. We're having a building season, sort of like the first season of Dallas. And I think it's going to go somewhere good. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. But for me, it's a mix of nostalgia and they're trying to make it into a prestige reality show which it's like <laughs> oh God, never gonna be that's the thing it's super weird and hard to watch and then every once in a while they say something like like stephanie said to misha barton well you know what happened with me and misha goes oh what happened and stephanie goes i od'd while i was shoplifting <gasps> she <laughs> like, did you od and misha goes oh yeah must have been rough and then you never hear anything else about that <laughs> you're like you od'd while shoplifting can i ask you a hills question so you know on oc this week kelly was like my friend bronwyn because producers told her they were casual friends yeah how does that work with misha barton in the hills does anyone say i'm friends with her or they just like hear someone that used to have a job like how does so that work they brought misha in talking about her both as a quote-unquote like former actress and also <laughs> like they didn't use those words but she was also like oh, i'm no. taking meetings i want to be an actress again and then they framed her as very like having been the, through the Hollywood ringer with like they even had Prez Hilton on for her to confront him and call him like oh that I saw yeah like sizeist and a sexist and all that stuff and then they tie was, her in by very being weird. like we've all been running around Hollywood and fame created problems in our life so now we think if we get more famous those problems will go away <laughs> it's like that's not gonna happen but what's more depressing to watch Lindsay Lohan's reality show or The Hills reboot. Mm. Lindsay on own. It's definitely Lindsay's. Any of Lindsay's reality shows are more depressing because it's a bigger fall. Yeah. But there's hooks on the hills. Like um, Brody is currently like has a very contentious relationship with his new wife. And in and real life, she's now dating Miley Cyrus. Well, I don't know if they're dating, but they're definitely like pretending to make out in like Mykonos or whatever. And so you're like that in its own way is sad because like Brody is always adjacent to like whoever is really making reality TV or whatever work for them. Like he's always so close. He's never the star. He's never the he's star. He's always the sibling. So it definitely has its own kind of darkness, but nothing will ever 
touch Lindsay Lohan like throwing a dead lobster into the sea as she quote unquote sets it free and you're like you could have had an Oscar like she could have been in La La Land wait did that happen yeah she took an, a lobster show? from the kitchen of her fake beach club and said we do not do this here and it's like first of all it's on it's on the menu whenever she's in her accent you know she's high and then she's like I will set it free and she like throws it into the ocean and she's like ha ha lobster happen now ha 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 did you see there was a piece in um page this page six this week about her like quote-unquote friendship with mbs the um prince of darkness i i it had because she's fucking everybody in the middle east that's that's what what, like everybody's saying but nobody's saying it was yeah that's how she's living her that's how they're supporting her (laughs) (laughs) which again i am jealous of anybody who can do that but oh my god it was one of those on my linkedin one of those stories where it just kind of like She's done so much crazy bullshit that you're like, oh, yeah, okay. And you just, it doesn't, it's like when she tried to kidnap those Syrian kids and we all just forgot about it. It's like, no, wait. Because she is a hooker, right? Not that there's anything wrong with that. Uh, we use the term sex worker now. No, hooker. Um, hooker forever. Yeah, if anybody's still going to be called a hooker, it's going to be my time. Um, <laughs> good yes. for her. Honestly, anybody. Honestly, good for her. It's probably her best work. Anybody who can like turn, yeah, anybody who can turn a talent, like being beautiful or like able to turn your feelings off during sex so here's my thing i have no i have no problem with it it's just i have no problem with it sort of weird to lie about like i feel like anytime someone lies like sort of about plastic surgery or something i'm like i get why you're doing it i'm not going to call you out but in general i will say i prefer if people are honest about how they're either making ends meet or if they've had work done i think it's better for all of us bcc melissa gorga's noses yeah god um, or Bethany's chin. <laughs> <laughs> Did she? Oh yeah, her chin used to be angular. Yeah, it was and a now geometric shape. She's seen. Uh, she's seen, seen the some, light. She's seen some stuff. The light was the laser and um, an injectable. <laughs> um, and good for her. Good for her. And P.S. Good for us. Tell tell the listeners this exciting news about oh. an event that's happening this month that we're both in and I'm very excited about that I just spoiled essentially. Tell the listeners about the reason that your tagline was so, so the funny reason and, and for the season. The reason I mentioned Housewives Live Ooh, is the that the reason for the season we do those Housewives Live readings with the, my fundraising group here for drama. Um, we started in 2016 post Trump getting elected. I said I was really uncomfortable with having a reality TV president and still being a reality TV enthusiast. Oh, and I wanted if he could use the power of reality TV for evil, I thought we should use the power of reality TV for good. So we do live readings of whole episodes of The Housewives and other Bravo-style events. Um, We get uh, celebrities and comedians to come in and read the parts. Oh, yes, celebrities. And we give all the ticket proceeds to uh, Charity for Women. Okay, I'm the, I'm your number one charity. My Bank of America overdrafts from this week. That will, you guys, beneficiary, yay! All the money will go to a new charity. I, I got call like five. the Woman of Insert Address. <laughs> <laughs> no, and so you will be our narrator, our host for the <gasps> evening. I will. You will. Oh my god, I'm so excited. And we're doing the Real Housewives of New York this year's Miami episodes. So, so crazy. if you come on the 28th at Littlefield in Brooklyn. Um, you can go on their website and you'll be able to find... You can buy tickets now. You can buy tickets now and you should buy tickets now. Um, Because it'll sell out. It will sell out. Um, We have raffles. We have themed giveaways. We have... There's special effects and interactive music stuff. And like, it's a whole Housewives experience. We've had... The producers of the show have come. We have had... We've given away Watch What Happens Live tickets. We've given away whole baskets of, of Skinny Girl products. We've given away like sets of... We gave away one time a martini glass that Bethany drank from and the reason that it is interesting not just because it's like oh that's funny she brought it herself 
to a restaurant, took it out, told them to put her product that they served into that drink, like the glass that she brought, took a picture of it, and then didn't drink the drink. What? <laughs> and so somebody when had seen this. this. Then when she left, she it was like a couple of years ago, she left the drink on the table. Someone took that and gave it to us, and we gave it away as a giveaway. <laughs> that is so one time we had Stassi Schroeder FaceTime in and her hairdresser came it was a whole weird thing so nobody can tell you what's gonna happen but I can tell you we will be reading Miami and someone will be screaming Dorinda live should we do some sort of AG raffle I'm just thinking out loud yeah we can put something together okay t-shirt and like uh yeah yeah. shirts I feel like a random and if you're in New York maybe they could uh do a do a guest spot they could maybe do that or they could maybe not do that they could (laughs) You, you, just you, just you just got wild eyed. You just got wild eyed. That that is something that we could maybe discuss offline. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so maybe that won't happen. But no, there will be something great. There'll be something. Something great. we'll put together some kind of package. Anyway. It's at Littlefield, which is in Brooklyn. It's a beautiful, eco-friendly space. We do um, about an <laughs> hour long, hour and a half long. I love that you care long. about that so much. I love that. Yeah, that's great. I care a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I do not care even a little. But we um, do like an hour, hour and a half show. It is a ton of fun. And then afterward, we usually, we have like themed cocktails and the whole cast will come out and you can hang out and we can like talk about the show and the things that we all loved. And So for anybody who missed the Kiki. AG Kiki at the Regency earlier this summer and or anyone who attended and just had a total fucking blast this is a great opportunity to tell me your favorite housewife and why and stuff maybe i'll like record something yeah maybe possibly potentially yeah and, and how much are tickets tickets fifteen hundred dollars ten dollars they might be i think they're ten dollars between ten and fifteen dollars it's always between that ten we do a calculation based on um like time of year um and how much we're looking to raise at the raffle versus the tickets because we always want to make sure this is always for a good cause and we want to make sure that and this one is for God's Love We Deliver which was the charity John that Luann um, oh, right, went right, right. to Fake and volunteered. like spat also, in the soup <laughs> we want to make up for that she put like too much pasta in each thing and got in trouble she doesn't like breath okay that's just not her thing um, but so they're the- a great charity that, that brings meals to sick people around New York City. Um, and yeah. th- they have a, an amazing history. And lots of people have. Um, Joan Rivers was like. Joan Rivers was fan. super she involved. Was amazing. And honestly, I have done volunteer t- time there. They are such a wonderful charity. And right now, so needed in a city with huge class disparity. So if you come out, it, it, it really you get a lot for your money because we don't make anything on this. And we really want you to have a good time so you'll come back um and it'll be for a good cause so if you're free it's a wednesday night on uh the 28th of august in brooklyn so if you are a listener international obviously book your flight now or the day before whatever floats your boat and bank of america debit card and say hi while you're there because i would love i'd love to meet you guys and um that like makes my life complete yeah you can definitely google it or it's on my twitter um, and the name of the show this time is It's Not You, It's Miami. Because <laughs> it's always, you need puns at a Bravo event. Listen, I die for a pun. They're my favorite things to do. So that's magical. So Ryan, here's the deal. Obviously, I want you on AG every week. But the reason that you were on specifically this week is because you and I were texting at length. We were saying a lot to each other about, I think, Potomac and OC 
and it came to a point where it was like, you just need to be on the show. Yeah. So it was like, save it for the show. This is gold. Like, we're having too much fun. Here. We're having too much fun, but we're also talking a lot about really important stuff. And you talked a little bit. I just want to dive like right into OC. Let's do it. Okay. So you talked a little bit about Trump and I know this is a touchy subject for people and I want to be respectful respectful respectable whatever i want to be respectful for the fact that some people voted for him and i think don't support everything that he like not not everybody reads the new york times cover to cover not everybody has the time to understand what was happening during that election and i think post that some people have changed their minds or there's things about him that they don't support and i don't want to call people out as horrible people if they voted for him but i I do want to (laughs) say fuck him Fuck everything okay, that's happened, great, great, great. and y'all need to wake up. Here's and I hear, <laughs> respectfully, I respectfully, and I here's my thing is that it's not even so much who you voted for; it's do you want to watch this on Housewives? Yeah, and so that's what when I'm talking about being respectful. Certainly, it's like your political differences, but it's also people get triggered and they look at Housewives as an escape. And I've done this as a poll, and I've talked to so many. Um, uh, you know, AG guests in the past and listeners online on and off, uh, you know, during and after shows. And I sort of ebb and flow. I'm not super consistent with this. Sometimes I love when Paul, I mean, most of the time I love when politics are involved because I just think that politics are a part of life. And so I, that it's a part of my life. I like hearing who these women voted for. I am sort of comfortable with some of these. Yeah, I am comfortable with the fact that a lot of these women are conservatives because I think that plays into the stereotype of an OC real housewife. Well, that's the thing is that you want a little bit so that you honestly understand who they are. And, right. and frankly, this is the, Politics is a new pop culture. It touches everybody's lives, it, whether they like it or not. It affects all of us. And to act like it doesn't, like to act like the recession wasn't happening on the show would have been irresponsible. And they didn't. And right. to act like this isn't happening on the show wouldn't be a lie. And then we would feel like Beverly Hills, where we're just pretending things aren't happening. Even Beverly Hills, they had to talk about politics. But I don't, I, I agree that if this was an hour of Trump, an hour of politics and fighting and you're a bad person and a racist and all that stuff... I wouldn't watch it or I would maybe watch it for different reasons. So I get that. But I do think it's irresponsible if the show doesn't talk about it, if it is an honest thing that these women are dealing with. Sure. And that discord over that that. ties into my large problem with the scene from this week, which I watched. I don't watch the full episode four times. I think I watched it like two and a half times, which was you know, God bless. That was my due diligence for like patriotism for this country. Uh, Cause it was rough, tough stuff. Um, but I watched the scene with Tamara and Ryan like three or four times. And the first time I watched it, I remember texting with you and I was like, I'm really, really angry because I felt like it just felt so off putting to me. It felt manufactured. It and felt it felt like Tamara was checking off the box that people have seen Ryan post transphobic and racist things on the internet. And it's been a talking point in the fandom. So she felt like she had to address it. And she did it in this, like we could watch CNN together. And he was like, how about Fox news? And it was like, this isn't the core of the issue. The core of the issue is that Ryan has posted violent things to Twitter about other races 
and and queer people and his brother was mad about that that's the and then he got violent with his brother well but that's the core of the issue for you the i don't think that's the core of the issue for tamra the core of the issue for tamra is i want to talk about this fight that's happening between two of my children and have that be plot so initially i got angry because i felt like it was really manufactured and i was very very uncomfortable with the idea that ryan He's getting a paycheck for this. Sure, but possibly. But regardless of his political affiliation, the fact that it was like a question of violence. And I was very uncomfortable with the fact that Tamara just recently has been allowed to have Spencer on the show because he is now 18 years old. And he's now at this point like 19 or 20. And this totally to me fed into the reason that Simon didn't want his kids on the show because they're going to be used as tools in his plot. And so I was immediately angry and uncomfortable because I was like regardless of who you voted for I am in no way comfortable with a mother talking about one older son wanting to beat the shit out of her younger son and knowing the divorce and knowing the custody battle and knowing that the alienation has, issues yeah. with, with Sydney. I was like, this is totally playing into that. Then I watched it a couple more times because I really just wanted to like deep dive. And I felt like, you know why I'm really uncomfortable with this and why I wasn't uncomfortable with the Kavanaugh stuff in Beverly Hills? Because the Kavanaugh stuff in Beverly Hills was were it was a conversation happening between housewives. Let's 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 pretend Camille's full time because the editors certainly are. Like it's a conversation between these women, and I'm not triggered personally, and no disrespect if anybody else is, but I'm not triggered regardless of political affiliation between like Camille and Rena and whomever because they're having a conversation. I was very uncomfortable watching this scene with Tamara and. Um, Ryan because it felt like Tamara's putting the onus of responsibility and almost like gossip triggering on her kids and it was like she was passively talking about this but she wasn't putting herself at risk of alienating everyone and she was I'm not she a wasn't parent. She taking an opinion. She wasn't taking an opinion. She wasn't she was doing the whole bullshit of like I don't care about politics which is I, I don't know whether or not that is real and true, it felt like a strategic choice that she was making so as not to alienate a part of her whatever fan base is remaining. And that's what was so upsetting to me. It wasn't it wasn't what Ryan was saying, and it wasn't Spencer's perspective, which wasn't even being spoken about because he wasn't in the scene. It was the fact that she was it was essentially being manipulated either by her or production, but I really think it was her to use her like this really sort of devastating situation between her two sons for camera. I would have been more, more comfortable if it was like Tamara and her son fighting about politics or Tamara and another cast member about fighting about politics. Cause those are like genuine grown adults. And also those are the people that are like having that have this job of appearing on TV and talking about their lives. And if politics are, you know, a part of everyday life, you know, fine, then let's talk about it. And I, you know, I think that's, let's agree to disagree. But when you're using your kids to fight those battles, See, the that's thing, where I'm uncomfortable. Tell the me. The thing that got me, fight it's me. not even that. It, what, what, it, and I don't disagree with you. But what I think really stuck in my craw is that Ryan got violent with Spencer. Yeah. Threatened violence yeah. after threatening violence online publicly to other celebrities and to uh, viewers of the show who follow him um, and to take that behavior, which I mean, being violent alone is bad, let alone to a family member, let alone to a, an 18 year old. Yeah. And then reward that by getting him making it a plot on the show. So now he's a talking head and he's getting a paycheck for this behavior. And the longer the fight goes on, the bigger a part of Tamara's life it's going to be. So now Ryan is incentivized and this behavior is good for him. And it, 
it it made it so much uglier to me than if the kids were disagreeing and they agreed to be on the show and it was like you know he he you know wrecked my car and I that was my new car and he hasn't paid me back and it was like those brothers are disagreeing for personal reasons that's whatever when it comes to like violence and racism and um like threatening violence against a child when Ryan is older than I am significantly older than every he's in his than 30s. Every, all of those kids yeah and he has a kid and yeah, so and that weird why X, Y, and to know he has had issues in the past to be giving him money to act violent and discuss that violence on the show and trash his own brother minutes into the show. Like I can see why Sydney washed her hands and it leaves a really bad taste in my mouth with Tamara because it's like she will do anything to stay on this show if she will do anything. And I can't imagine a world in which it, you can say whatever you want about her that Shannon Bedore would ever let her children be Never. violent to each other appear on television or allow them to get paid and rewarded for it. She would never do that. And I know that Tamara saw that and thought, cha-ching, like there's a storyline for this season because her moving can't be her storyline for the 50th time. And Eddie's heart is always going to be broken. So and she's never going to be open about, about the that. whole Eddie past history of like what weird stuff went on. <laughs> she's never going to talk about that until she's on the chopping block. Maybe she'd throw it out because she'll do anything. But it to me, it was so ugly and it, and it Tamara really needs to nail this season about being likable because the fan base is so done with her. And to start off on such a polarizing thing and involve your children, I I was like, this is the stupidest move I've ever seen a housewife make since Jill Zarin started fighting with Bethany. Or was it super smart? Because a lot of Trump supporters have gotten on her social, and I'm sure his too, to be like, thank you so much, thank you so much. To which she's, I get, She's turned her nose up at Trump on Watch What Happens Live. So I, I mean, don't, she's playing both sides, but I also think... Like, in a way, I guess it's smart because these people who may not have been Team Tamara are finding themselves Team Tamara. But I also think, like, I get if you want to align yourself with a fellow Trump supporter, but why with someone who's professing violence? Like, I know that Spencer's technically an adult, but when you're 18 years old, you're still a child. Well, I mean, that's the whole thing that it comes down to, I guess, with politics in general at the moment is I'm not telling you to not have opinions about how the economy should work, even if I deeply disagree with them. I'm telling you that Don't the hill violent. you want to die on is right. not Donald Trump. The hill you wanted to die on was maybe John McCain, but it's not this guy. So, like, well, don't don't like you can say I'm a conservative and all that. That's great. But when it comes to I mean, this is a Ryan is a mini version of what Trump is doing, which is like threatening violence and stuff. You, you, that's not a, that's not a line I'm comfortable seeing people cross, especially seeing people be paid to cross. So the whole thing to me is just it's really ugly. And like it, in the way that like Nini getting violent with a, with a with a a cameraman or whatever was like, this is not, I don't want to watch this. Yeah. I put it, I take I it away from it. the Trump stuff. Cause I think that's like for my own self-protection. Like yeah. I don't want to get into a Trump conversation, Sure, but I look at it as like through the lens of violence. I think that's exactly right. Like why do you want to align yourselves with someone who's, who's threatening violence against a child member of their family and hasn't apologized or backed down. Like he continues to be yeah, like, yeah, and he I says he that doesn't kid. care. I that's just so weird to me, and it's so weird to me that Tamara who did that the whole parental to my parents. No, I know it's crazy. No, it's crazy. And Tamara who did the whole um, parental alienation shit as a total storyline. It's like, why are you allowing this to be on? It's like, is that weird of me to be? Because no, I want them to be open, but also I don't think this is appropriate. How the, the not having a relationship with her daughter has ruined her life. She acts. She acts, and she says that it has ruined her life. She doesn't seem to be taking the 
the real steps, which would be getting off of the show, deleting Instagram, and being like, Sydney, I'm sorry. I, I, I'm, I'm giving all of this up so that I can have a relationship or with you. Or just not, I will not talk about you on camera she, again. She just it's has never, she, she hasn't done all job. of it or right. the bare minimum. Right. But then to say that with one side of your mouth and then encourage discord or fake discourage discord between your kids and make it a storyline on a show where they're getting paid to fight. I don't know. Like the whole thing just puts a really bad taste in my mouth. And like, I don't know. Like I'm getting a little, um, I, I, I get a little darked out by it because it, it does show that she's not just an interesting flawed person. That Tamara is maybe just a really bad person. <laughs> so I asked, I asked, I have a longer sorry, satchel. Sorry, no, no, no. This is sorry, good. Tam this is good. <laughs> so I asked people online, um, on my IG, um, at Dane Galley. So I asked folks for their opinions, noting that I think a lot of people that follow me online are probably progressive. So this is not, this is not the full. I actually do want to hear from people. If you are a Trump supporter or a team Ryan team Tamara in this context I genuinely want to hear your perspective because I want to understand it and I want to talk about it on the sh- on AG next week so yeah please I would be really me. open to hearing about I that. genuinely am super open um no sh- no tea no shade so this is what some of the people said dumb and didn't need it both so thirsty for the um camera we stand t- King Spencer also Tamara's a registered Democrat which shocked me is she, reg- is she registered she, to vote I think she is a registered Democrat she donated to John McCain in 2008 but I mean then but he's she adorable. said <laughs> she was like a little turtle. Um, then she said on Watch <laughs> Happens Live that she didn't like Trump. Like she turned her nose up at him. Right, and I was whatever. like, gross. Then- so it's hard to really know. Okay. Uh, someone else said garbage. Someone said, I thought it felt fake and forced. Someone said, not surprised her son came out this way and doesn't think his racist comments aren't racist. Someone said, I'll never forget when Gretchen was naked wasted and he followed her into He's a the predator. toilet. Yeah. Let's never forget that Ryan is a predator. Although the naked wasted stuff is also on t- Tamara. It's on Tamara. And how old was he at the time? He was probably 18, 19. He wasn't that fucking old. Like, I guess. But we that never was, got an apology for that from him. And also I would look at it from Tamra. I wouldn't look he's too dumb to know to apologize for that. I would look at it from his parent who so is I'll one manipulating. Make, I'll never make an excuse for a man. Um okay, great. <laughs> uh someone else said Ryan's face hair to head hair ratio bugs me and he's a terrible often human being. Someone said I like politics being brought up on the show but want more dialogue than dispute. I think that's a really good point. hundred percent. Uh someone said, ooh, someone said you could tell it was Simon who raised him. Someone said for someone whose mommy fronted him money for his house he should shut his stupid mouth what was her whole thing where she was like spencer grew up rich so he's healthy and normal but ryan he is i put him in daycare and i never loved him like wait what was that defense she was making it into a money thing but i think what she what was i think a valid point was her talking about the fact that he probably had an unstable chaotic household i mean she has said on past seasons when she was being very introspective when she was like you know i tried to kill myself and she has had issues with suicidal ideation or manic depression or some sort of depression and um so i think there is validity to the fact that he absolutely grew up in a different not in a comfortable way financially but also not in a consistent stable household if she's worrying about the lights going off i mean your child is going to take that in into their bloodstream and so the fact that he's grown up and has been sort of like obnoxious as an adult i don't know i know a lot of poor people who are not violent and I just think their suggestion there should be like do you want to do mom son therapy no but sure it's never gonna happen but I also think it's I think that we also do need to take into account that he has not had the childhood that Spencer has and that's sure I think that's I think that's a valid point and I'm sure contributes to some of this and to some of his behavior I'm not putting his voting record into that um someone said don't think Tamara is a trumper but I wish she said more someone had the vomit emoji you know like this goes on and on um 
someone says strangely enough she came off worse than he did she's more pro-trump than anyone on the show i don't know that that's the case because emily has said repeatedly how die how obsessed she is with trump so uh online not on the show Mm -hmm. um so you know i think it's tough i had a longer satchel of gold from somebody from mackie from olympia washington originally but now living in the big bad apple apple emoji he says omg i felt this one so my brother joined the marines after high school then became a cop and is now in the army and is now a big trumpet and i'm gay and went to school for musical theater lol we couldn't really be more different and my mom is more with my point of view she's a quaker and a poetry teacher and loves gardening so she couldn't be further from um, maga i think it's really difficult for her to not only have a son that's a trump supporter but also that's a large point of contention between her kids so i definitely felt for Tamara a lot in that aspect i could tell she didn't really want to be disrespectful towards either of them and was definitely some of the most tongue biting I've seen from her. The tongue biting I would agree with. Mm-hmm. It was um kind of sad, yada, yada, yada. Her I have conservatives in my family and the way that we deal with it is we either don't talk about that yeah. or when we do, we try to talk about it in terms of how it made us feel and how what the priorities that they're espousing, how they would affect us personally and how yeah. that bothers us. Um, and anytime voices get raised... Even if it's me or if it's my dad, whoever it is, the other person or one of my brothers, the other person says, let's, we can't do this. Like, it's not constructive. Now we're fighting from an emotional place that will end up with us attacking each other and making each other feel bad. We're not going to change each other's mind if we're talking in, in highly emotionally charged terms and not rationally. And if we're not having a discussion that the other person can hear rather than like a wall of emotion that you can't hear the words they're saying, you just hear how they're feeling. Yeah. And... It, I'm not saying it's perfect, um, but it certainly seems like the way that you would go about that is to be like the way that you're talking is wrong and also like isn't knowing your brother at this crucial time when he's growing up and having that relationship more important to you than whatever other stuff he thinks or have said. Like, is there a way you two can say, let's not discuss politics and let's keep tabs on each other personally and spend right. holidays? Like, there has to be a way to manage that. You don't have to think he's a good person. I think that there's a way that a lot of people manage it. And the problem is that Tamara wasn't asking him to manage it. She was asking him to manage it on camera. Yeah. And it's hard because we know the record of um, custody battles that she's had with Simon. And it's hard. I know that Simon was a piece of shit, too. None of these people are like genuine angels, which is why they've been on reality. Nobody. (laughs) Nobody. But it just makes me. I mean, he's a child. Maybe. But who even knows? He's a child. He's probably a fucking moron, too. Like, we're all. I always root for the two. The kids, even like the kids that I they don't can't know. stand, like even like when Emily's kids are kicking the dog, I'm like, listen, <laughs> I will defend that dog, but I also like root for you to oh, learn how to treat a dog. The dog needs a new because it's a child. Lucy, Lucy, go to the farm. Um, I <laughs> Dorit's in the background choking out Emily's dog. <laughs> um, yeah, I just I felt uncomfortable about it because someone had actually reached out to me before the premiere and they were like can you believe so and so and that a storyline is going to be about her family and being Trump supporters and I didn't actually believe it I was like that's not going to be a storyline and then when they started the conversation in that kitchen I was like Fuck you texted me you were this. like did you get to the kitchen yet and I was like <laughs> no and you were like Ooh. I was like text me once you do um yeah I just felt uncomfortable about it but I also felt like I felt uncomfortable about several moments in this premiere it felt i mean shannon's kids talking about their bodies that was, was not very hard that was a watch. low moment i, I don't even know why it had to make air i felt i totally agree with you i 
thought like this is not a great pattern this is not when you walk in and out the door talking about gaining or losing weight i mean that, that's <laughs> kelly like, was like kelly was you like, look amazing <laughs> kelly's like you're skinny now let's you lost friends. all your gross parts look at you i'm gonna buy you some new titties <laughs> there was some moment in a confessional where she's like you know she did used to be chubby and, yeah. it, and it was like okay we got it last time i saw her she was a dumpy monster now she's a pretty lady but here's my thing with shannon we all have our favorite housewives and the reason that i empathize and i love sh- there's a photo of shannon and my myself that like takes ownership in my living room in my kitchen area because I love her so much and I do I will always love her and I love her because I love her not because of her faults but like in spite of them and, and because I've like embraced a lot of them in my life I have a huge my whole life I've had disordered eating that I didn't know was real until I started going to see mental health people and they were like this is a disease I thought it was just a hobby that's what my mom told me she's like no this is just a fun thing to do um so I understand when when Shannon announces herself at the door as being like I'm skinny now or I feel chubby or I yeah. don't feel good about myself no, I on totally the outside get it. like it's it's and I think that's a real thing that a lot of people deal with and I am one of those people and I love Shannon because I know that she's complicated and she's often like in the wrong or expresses herself in a weird way. And we, I, I think that for a lot of us, the reason that we have certain favorite housewives for many of us is because we see the, ourselves in them. Even when Shannon is very wrong, I don't think it's out of malice. No, and that it's goes not. so far with me. It's, I totally agree with you. And, but there were moments in this week's premiere where I, was like oh my god what am I watching first off the stand I just want to just say for a second the standum of Beverly Hills that philosophy carrying over to OC with the my favorite person isn't being featured or I feel like they're being mistreated off camera so I hate everyone involved and want you all to die like that's weird to me I don't understand the perspective of loving a housewife so much that you start to genuinely shit on the show I don't get that unless the reason that that housewife is being misused or misappropriated or whatever off camera is affecting the plot of the show and is making the show worse then I can sort of see the gray but taking this thing on where you're tweeting Andy and tweeting Bravo TV and being like how dare you you're being like abusive to the OG by her not being a part it's weird to me it is just as weird to me that they made. We Vic- also are not getting the full story of how no, these not. people treat production filmed, or their negotiations. Or too much money, or it's maybe just done for them. And and yet you can support someone and be like, you also don't need to be on the show anymore. Nobody right. needs to see Lauren Conrad Listen, on the New Hill. You can still get insurance with her. She will take it. She yeah. still wants to see it. And you know, Elsie's somewhere like hawking quilts or whatever. I don't even know what the fuck that woman is doing. But anyway, so. Back to Vicky. The thing is, I forget what I was going to say. Um, the, Shannon. the problem is that they made Vicky a friend of, but nobody else. I started watching the premiere. I was like not thrilled to be watching it to begin with. I think OC has become, even though Shannon's my like beloved, I, OC is my least favorite show to watch and has been since at least last season, if not prior. And I started watching the premiere and I was like, this is just so weird to me because it made no sense to me that Vicky was a friend of who they spoke about, which I get from a transitional perspective, but that Emily is still full time. Gina's going through some. Yeah, I feel like Gina's glam is a cry for help. And then I saw the chinchilla and I was like, there is a lot happening. It's very dark. Emily, Gina's got some darkness, which I would appreciate seeing, but it felt like Emily and Tamara maybe should have gone out to pasture with Vicky and maybe popped up as friends of like uh like <laughs> Emily can pop up like Quinn Fry dressed as Roxy or whatever we'll all get a good laugh at the finale but we don't I don't 
get a ton from Emily day to day. I don't need to see her at home with her like beard husband who like d- d- apparently is just like left <laughs> to study or whatever the hell he's doing. I-, I almost felt like just to pull from OC past Quinn, who was like one of the worst casting decisions that OC had way made, ahead of her made time a- though. And way had, ahead of yes, her time. Was actually probably better in the moment and or looking back than Emily. Emily yes, serves easily. no purpose. And if the purpose is to give Gina a friend, then Gina needs to go or we need to find someone who genuinely makes sense for the show. And if Gina gets her job, which is her only paycheck, she will follow suit. It just feels so old and disjointed to me. And then Vicky's a friend, but they're using her a la Camille. It's like the power of the friends of you have Katie on Potomac, um, Camille on Beverly Hills and Vicky. I think sort Vicky's of on OC. a good friend of, I just think we, so far we're treating her still like a housewife. Right, That's the problem that she's being treated as a full timer. And then she's saying openly, like, I don't know why I'm on like shruggy, whatever, but I'll be at BravoCon. But like, I don't know why they're mistreating me. I have no idea. She's doing all these like Insta replies and Steve is doing a lot of her PR now, which is a very <laughs> odd look for that. me. <laughs> I can't. I can't with their relationship. But I, <laughs> Steve watched. Steve forever. Um, yeah, I just felt like it was it was a rough premiere to go through and two of the See, large... I was happier to be an OC than I thought I would be. Why? Because it felt like I was at least seeing some stuff which wasn't a retread. Beverly Hills, the most interesting thing that happened was the dogfight, but it was only interesting for two episodes, and then it was a retread of the dogfight or old fights that we'd had in the past, like sniper from the side stuff. And it just felt like, oh, I've seen this. Like, I have seen this. Come on. Next thing. Come you on. You didn't think that OC was a retread? I mean, Beverly Hills started really No, it strong. felt different to me. I think the Gina stuff was dark in its own way, and I think it could go somewhere. I, I like seeing Shannon actually seem like she's coming out of a real funk. Yeah, yeah, That yeah. was fun. I did like Kelly that. is always, like, a trip and a half. I Like, I will tune in just for her. Tamara, yes. I was like, all right, Tamara. Like, we have seen this already from you. And Emily, I don't care about. But if half of the team is doing well, that's better than we were doing previously and so Beverly Hills is easily my least favorite show of the shows to watch Beverly I mean, I, Hills is yeah yeah it is um wow but I will say like I think OC can recover it's just they're they they've done half of the work they need to to get us back to a watchable show who's the they um like getting rid of Vicky or at least oh, making her a friend of yeah production yeah. uh moving Tamara like transitioning away from Tamara is a very important goal we should all be working towards um and I think that we could get there. We just need more Kelly Dodds and less like Peggy Sulehans. Yes, I think we need more Kelly and more Shannon. And I did think it was it's an interesting thing that this season is going to be like the downfall of Gina, whatever, or her God. like struggles oh, when we can't see her rough. when we can't see her strange husband who in real life there there was some issue of just d- incident of domestic violence. And like yeah. she is saying that he has a drug and alcohol issue and all that. But we can't see any of him on camera. Yeah. And they got back together recently for a little bit before this domestic violence thing happened and Emily it's like uh, no one gives a shit about Shane I feel like the producers yeah, I truly mis- don't I think the producers misunderstood the amount of people who were passionately anti-Shane and thought that was actually um a reason to have Emily continue on camera and it's like no we just happen to hate her husband she's yeah, still it's bad not at this hate watching like you love to hate watch it. no it's, it's like truly hate like complaining. I do not like him please stop putting yeah. him on my tv screen and they heard that and they were like well at least somebody's saying something so like double down I don't care about either of their marriages i'm sorry i will say the genus stuff to me is interesting but 
I agree that I, she shouldn't have to put any of that on camera, but that also maybe then you shouldn't be on the show. She, Do you know what I mean? Like nobody's saying she has to talk about being her domestic violence thing, but then maybe you're a friend of and not a housewife because if you're not going to talk about it, like you need to open your life up. And I, oh. I, I get sick of like, can't talk about the husbands, can't talk about the kids, can't talk about the parents, can't talk about your career. Like what can you talk about? Totally. I don't think she needs to talk about the domestic violence stuff because it hasn't happened. I just as, want more but honesty. She need, but she needs to show her husband. She needs yeah. to show her estranged husband. I need to see that. Yeah. But what the problem here now is that it's like, oh, I feel bad, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But I can't see the primary person in your life that you're talking about on camera. I've We've no, literally I, never met him. I know that some people like feel something for Gina and I think that's great. And I'm sure she's like a wonderful, funny person, but she's not meant to be on this franchise specifically yeah. and I don't know that she's meant to be on she's reality TV. She's a Jersey person. I know she's I say that about multiple Jersey. housewives but both Barbara and her to me say that they, like feel like they could round the Jersey cast out in a nice way. Barbara could be a friend. Barbara is never meant to be full time. She is not that person. Well if she no, I really talk don't. Talk about her personal life a little more. I think maybe she would have been more interesting. But, but she's she not refused to do that. Right. So, that's yeah. a, she's not like up for the job. Yeah. She got a chance. True. It didn't work out. You're right. But Gina, it's you're like right. you're totally right about New Jersey. She would do great on she Jersey. She would. And she just, they're slightly more compassionate, but also they'll read your shit out a little. <laughs> like Margaret would not let things go unsaid in the way that I think Emily is like, oh, well, Gina, whatever you want to reveal or not reveal. <laughs> I feel really it's so interesting to me that Beverly Hills is your least favorite. And I just feel really I can't take it. I'm, I'm like, I can't take it anymore. So what do you think is going to happen this season of OC? So I think we're going to get Shannon and Tamara are going to stick together like glue because I'm like shake I'm like shivering Shannon is scared of new people and Tamara is scared of losing her place on the show and she knows Shannon's not going anywhere so she will stick to her like glue we will get a lot of I told you so's to Gina about her divorce she remember she was like my divorce will go really easy and they were like no it won't yeah and even though it's still none of their business they will turn around and say I told you so Gina will Which get upset they sort of should I mean yeah. and then we're gonna get some big we're, I know we're getting a big Emily moment because she would have been pushed to friend of the fact that we've seen her at home she's got to get in the game this season or I don't understand why she I don't know be if there. it'll be one big moment of like I'm gonna kill you like she did with Kelly which was a wonderful moment that I or really... a slow boil where she slowly comes undone uh, yeah a I woman undone yeah I don't know what we're gonna get the the, the thing that you just talking about Shannon not liking new people reminded me I watched Shannon on watch what happens and the worst part of that I think it was Shannon and Jerry O'Connell the worst part of that moment was when Jerry O'Connell was talking about how great Kelly is for the show and Shannon's face it was like she had seen a ghost and that ghost was the ghost of Victoria Gumbelson being like you better fucking defend me otherwise I'm gonna kill you and the problem that Shannon has and that this Trace Amigas thing has is that they are more concerned with having an alliance forever than they are doing their jobs Yes. And their jobs is yep. to be good on I camera. I mean, that's the problem with Beverly Hills. They're yeah. more concerned with their yeah. secret deal that's than they exactly are with right. having a television show. Their jobs are to be good on camera and to perform on this show and to show us their lives and whatever the fuck you want to say about this show. The One of the best moments from the premiere was absolutely Shannon and Kelly having fun because we want to see Shannon and Kelly have turtle time. Now, if Kelly gets into some big battle... She's going to... With Vicky, that becomes a big battle with Tamara, which they're having online. And P.S. Their online fighting is much more entertaining than the premiere. So, so Delicious. if you guys, speaking of following people, just just overview. Watch that I dialogue. read every one of Kelly Dodd's voice in her voice, in her like big weird. And, then- and you know, she's flipping out. Like all of her Insta stories are just her having dinner with people. And none of it makes sense. There's never a narrative. It's just her holding the camera and being like, this is so-and-so. There's always a TMZ shot of her going into some warehouse. And it says like goth, goth German <laughs> sex party. And she's like, I don't know. I got mad night. Whoa. 
what? I just felt like I watched Shannon, like Jerry was talking so much about how great Kelly is. And Shannon just looked, she had like pursed lips and looked so annoyed and like, well, whatever. And I just felt like Shannon watch the show through the eyes of the viewers. I know that's a big, she can't do it. But if you know that, a part of Trace Amigas has been demoted, which isn't a really great sign for their future of being full time. Like Nini aside, if you know this person has been demoted against their will, that's probably a good indicator that they're not the future of the show. Yeah. And I know that Shannon sees herself staying on the show for a while longer. I think she has the right to. She's in such an up moment in her life. She's like, got at least three more seasons. Absolutely. And I don't know what's going to happen with Tamara. And I think that Tamara should be on her way out. But yeah. Shannon, why are you aligning yourself? I mean, I know that we don't have it just seems the privilege so of knowing what happened during production. And I'm sure that Kelly said a lot of terrible things. But that aside but you also know that that's who kelly is and right. like it's like ramona you can't to a certain extent you have to tell her when she's wrong but you also can't hold always hold that against her because it's kind of who she is like and, and it's never she does say stuff that's way over the line but it's also how she says things that people get more upset about rather than what she said totally um we can we talk about first off gina's hair is it is a cry for help. Her glam is a cry for she is not I, meant to be I'm on this show. This is genuinely concerned. Crimping is not. Uh, I, I know <laughs> it's it not a sign of so gay and over the top. No, it's but not. I looked at her hair and I was like, I. It was like when Lindsay Lohan went like ice blonde, and you were like, "Baby, not your skin, not your skin, honey." I looked at Gina and I was like, "You are from Long Island." And those I Mac, know that those little Mac containers of sparkles. Oh, every. Not gay or girl from Long Island, if they dye their hair that color or if they start crimping or if they just start doing that thing where they put gel in while it's wet, you know that they are in the shit and you need to get the hook and pull them out of the gutter. It does not look good. And this is an upgrade. Every one of their confessionals. I started thinking like which which franchises are the least stylish. And I would say currently um no tea no shade but potomac and oc i think yeah. potomac has terrible style but they're well, they dress like normal people because they're normal people yeah. but they're like wonderful atlanta God. turned a corner around the same time new york did atlanta is like, extremely we're bougie. going way over the top yeah, yeah, yeah. with our money yeah um and beverly hills has always been too over the top a little yeah. too over it's a little too draggy for me but we oc and potomac have never really turned the corner to be like I'm wearing a Beetlejuice statue from that house it's, that Delia Deeds put together. <laughs> it's just real. It's real bad. All of Gina. I love that people are Team Gina, and I get it. Like Team she Gina just, IRL. She, she looks like someone who's crying in a Home Goods all the time. She is. If Bethany bleeds, then <laughs> Gina Gina's cries. tears are, are going to be every. I don't know. I just. I was over it. I honestly was not thrilled about watching it. I was and like, like, go maybe back it'll to be Long something. Island. Just go back to be with your, I cannot be with your believe she is. I cannot believe she is a parent of three children. She is so connected to her parents in such an unhealthy way. Like whatever Gino thinks about Gina is like the Bible that carries. And I just wondered like, yeah, maybe go home or something. Yeah, we will put home. you on another it's okay. show. It's okay. well, you're go not, home. you're still going to make money. Yeah, We're still going to be on TV. Like, go, like, home. go home. It's so cute. <laughs> this go isn't home. cute. Oh, no, 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 go home. Okay, Ryan Houlihan, is there anything? We, there's nothing else we need to say about OC. We've killed uh, it. We never even talked about Bronwyn. Oh, great. Good Seems for fine. you pushing out babies through your badge. She and you're, you're thin. You're still thin. Mazel. I'm happy to see what else is coming. It, it, it was less. I forgot about her. It was less of an intro that I thought we were getting, which I thought we were going to be like, 
here's my life story. I'm a mom and it's so crazy. I have to make seven peanut butter and jellies every morning. Like we didn't get any of that, which I was thrilled that we weren't getting a ton of that. Um, and I, I'll see where it goes. I want to fuck I've her husband. I've heard good things. Oh yeah, totally. Is, do we think he's a little... <laughs> I think every husband is fucking gay. I think they're <laughs> all gay. I don't want to out anybody, but there's a handful of them that I don't think are gay. <laughs> Just like Stephanie's husband, unfortunately, is not Oh God! Doesn't have a gay bone in his I body. I am a little sexually attracted oh, to I'm Travis Holman. Deeply. Thank you. I meant that. Deeply. I meant that. But I was pussy putting around. <laughs> um, speaking of my pussy, what do you think about Mr. Bronwyn? Um, I think he's super hot. Um, so hot. Super hot. Uh, How do they have seven kids? It actually doesn't make sense to me. Not, it, it, nor does it make sense to the kids. I, when Shannon heard that and then looked at her body, Shannon, I thought Shannon was going to rip her apart and be like, where's your cream cheese? And, where's the salmon? And Bronwyn took it and she's like, listen, we have the same body. And you know that Shannon was like, we are best friends. <laughs> that is exactly the right thing that you say. Thank you so much. We're besties forever. Um, yeah, I think I'm excited was, to see where we're going yeah, with her. Yeah, it's fine. I've heard she's good great. things from people who have screeners. So we'll see. Yeah, there was a little clip when they showed the season. She was like yelling at her husband on a boat about wanting to kick somebody off. I assume that will be Kelly. I don't know who. I'm, yeah. I was into it. Maybe yeah. Tamara. No, probably not Tamara. Probably Kelly. Who are, we, who are we getting? But I also love that she was like, um, this 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 kid is baby. That kid is sporty. That kid is scary. That kid is posh. <laughs> that kid's in my ginger. Like she had like a two second description of every kid. It was very cute. It was fine. It, it was, was fine. fine. It was fine. Good for and her. And honestly, I have had horrible reactions to housewives that in their first two seconds. And she stuck the landing. So let's yeah. see what her routine I is. I totally agree with you. I don't I don't love her. I definitely don't dislike her. Mm-hmm. I don't love her. And I don't mean that as an insult. I'm just saying like, she's she's totally fine. She's, she's probably going to be great. She's probably yeah. going to be great. Probably going to be great. She's probably going to be great. Okay. Um, we need to talk Moving about on. Michael, Michael Dowry. So <sighs> there was so much that happened this week. And I started wondering about this whole father thing with Ashley. You know, I have said in previous... Ashley's false flag operation (laughs) (laughs) so i have been saying that this is like the strangest distraction she's ever and again it's all about at the end of the day like ashley punishing herself so it's like that's that's the common thread but i started wondering is this happening to distract from michael or was this always in the cards and she's just going full for it like had she discussed this with production like what do you have coming up this season she she had plans for this and then she's just proceeding to do it and it's not so much about disguising michael as it is like getting back to something else yeah i think ashley is like a like a Westworld robot where there's like 14 narratives at any time that could click into motion. Yeah. And she's, she's waiting ready. for the stimulus to be like, father, we will go with father. I am looking for my lost father. And like, other than that, it was going to be something about the restaurant, which she's got ready and locked and loaded to go. Something about, she's always like got, she plays this game. She plays the game better than most, but not as good as she thinks she does, which is exactly the kind of housewife that I like love. Um, so I, I, this whole father business is obviously a false flag operation. I feel so bad for her aunt and uncle who were oh just like, Oh my God, her poor uncle. They were like, please don't encounter this man. He is no good for you or us. And she's like, I'm going to go to his house. Want to come with? And they were like, we really don't. She, he's a bad person who has mistreated both of us. And we're happy to have a relationship with you. And she was like, well, I told production I was going to my dad. So, and you're like, Oh, how many people though, in toxic relationships with their parents, how many ch- adult children of toxic 
toxic parents feel that responsibility of being like, I need to step up even though I'm the child. And what, what Ashley seems to be experiencing is a little bit of whiplash because she's doing that with her husband where she's like, how I need to take on the ownership of making this right because I need to be a good wife. And with her, she's like, she I need to be a good child. She surrounds for her. herself with these men. Yes. Because of her dad. She Who surrounds do not herself. claim her. Sort of similar to Kenya and her mother. This man has not claimed her, has blocked her from Facebook. And Why are you is, spending the time? He's you not don't worth need it. it. You don't need Your it. Your mother claims you. Your husband apparently claims you. Sometimes. Your friends have claimed you. The television has claimed you. The fans have claimed you. You own a restaurant that you seem to actually like have cared about at one point. You like... You, you're having you, you want to have a baby like you move on and I know it's hard you can't say this to people because like I don't know what that's like right but I do know what it's like to have been have a relationship with a family member yeah that I know isn't going where it it should be going yeah I, to have I have people in my extended family that I'm like this is never gonna be what I wanted it to be yeah and I love you and I wish that we had something that we don't yeah and so I gotta move on and be happy about the things that I do have and I Part of me, my heart goes out because I'm sure this is something that deeply affects her and that she's dealt with. The other part of me is like, and now you're using it for reality TV fodder. So it's a little bit harder to be like, to take it all seriously because I know you're doing it partially to distract from what's going on with your husband. And like, I don't know. I I, I just feel really bad for Ashley because her mom seems to like be a nice person who isn't equipped for the world. Yeah. And she seemed to have done the best she could. And then Ashley is laying bare her mom's flaws on camera while she has yet to say anything about her dad. Like, the things about her dad that are bad are objectively bad. She's recounted, but she doesn't seem to have any animosity to him. She just, like, is – she's got this, like – if I ever get in there, I'm going yeah, to I'm gonna love like, him and I'll fix it. And, how can and like, she hate someone that she's never really known? But she'll lay all her mom's shit bare. Yeah. She'll be like, my mom did this and now I have to pay for this. And Michael doesn't like that my mom does this. And I don't like when my mom does that. It's like, well, your mom's the one that is there and trying the, in her own way the best that she can. It was interesting that her mom was so supportive of this happening. I was yeah. I was genuinely surprised by that. And I, I don't was mean really that in ha- a- I was happy for her mom because that must take a lot. Yeah, it takes, and also it's so strange that he follows her mom on Facebook or whatever. They're Facebook friends, but he doesn't. He blocked Ashley. Yeah, it's after she reached out. I think she's right when she says that her dad is ashamed of what he did. And I think that's really what the core of the problem is, is there's a deep shame for, he knows he did Which something super fucked up. Which has turned into anger. And now he, rather, he's com- just completely compartmentalized it. And anytime someone tries to like pop that bubble but Ashley just keeps trying to pop the bubble and it's like you can't make somebody else engage with you you just can't he doesn't engage with his brothers and sisters and they don't even know why you know and he knew them so I to me I it's really dark and it's like she's distracting us from some darkness in her life with some more darkness in her life and it's it's rough and And it is for someone who's such like a seemingly independent woman it's just some of the choices that she has made listen I watched that unseen footage I don't know, 25 times. I've watched that three minutes over and over and over again. And there like is a Pruder film. Oh, so much more important for <laughs> American history. I, I just keep watching it because it's so obvious that he grew up that cameraman. It yeah. is so obvious. The question that Katie Ross has gotten a little bit <sighs> of trouble with production. This has never come up multiple times with anybody else and the hundreds of people who have appeared on these shows. And if there is smoke... There's a predator. Well, yes. And the, the Katie Ross has gotten in a little bit of trouble. And I think Monique was maybe 
attempting to um, cast a little bit of doubt on one specific moment attached to this because there were two moments of um, unseen footage. One was the actual essentially the groping taking place in that audio. And the other was later that night. And apparently the person whose voice was saying like, Hey, Mike, Mike was Monique's cousin. But, and so Monique was like, why are they using my cousin's audio? And Katie Rost took that online to me and, Oh, then this is all, their production is being super manipulative and I'm going to talk about it at the reunion ring ring. Oh, it's the phone. Oh, it's production calling telling me I'm disinvited from coming to the reunion. Cool. 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 Um, there's a lot that's happening online between the castmates, but it doesn't negate the fact that that initial footage, not the stuff at the end of the night, which still could be real. And some of it could be pulling some other audio that actual footage. And also PS that audio at the end of the night could have been in no way manipulative, but but Manip- also manipulated wait wait manipulated but it could also be just that that happened and you're led to believe that it's michael talking to the cameraman and it's michael talking to the cousin but it doesn't mean that this didn't happen but also the cameraman said it happened and filed charges and i don't oh, yeah i don't know why anyone who had a steady job would do that and i i've worked in tv there is an unspoken if you create problems on set no matter whether it's your fault or not it, this isn't right but frankly if you create problems on set you are not you are persona non grata for the rest of your career it will come up people will say he creates problems whether or not it was your fault so your incentive is to just shut up and like let that's why like most of the time you never hear problems out of production even though i'm sure when you've taped this many crazy people over the course of decades you're going to have some you very rarely hear about it because it is not the incentive of generally yeah yeah generally generally and so uh, to me it's like I think that something probably happened. We've seen a pattern of this behavior from Michael. And like, I I don't need conspiracy theories. Like maybe they pulled audio for two seconds and they spliced it to make it the editing I mean, they tighter. said they didn't. Whatever it is. Right. This probably happened. And also, it, it, there, he doesn't get a jet out, get out of jail free card. It's not like, well, Bravo pulled some audio and now it means, oh, can't touch him. There Mistrial. Al- there also seems to be some selective denial and outrage that Ashley and Michael are pretending to have that their cast members are upset at what, uh, what happened when he, gr- I'm just going to say he did it because he did it. He groped a cameraman who works on a show for which all of these women are Yeah, they all employed. have relationships with these people. So they all have relationships with these people and it's affecting all of their jobs. If he was suspended from filming, I'm sure there was an hour, hour and a half where they were like, is this still going to happen? How's this going to play And then they off? have to do events where they they're like, well, if he can't tape, so we'll have to not have the husbands at this event. So we have to change what we're doing. And I was going to, you know, have this storyline or whatever was developing and we had been taping. And and he talked, he joked about sucking Juan's dick Ugh. or sausage or whatever. The person's responsibility for how this affected the show is not Giselle talking about it. It's not Monique allegedly talking about it. It's not anybody else talking it's about Michael. it. It's Michael Darby who has such an issue with consent. I can't even tell you. And Karen is correctly like literally accurately and then also correctly and morally has been bringing up the problem of consent because Karen is an, uh, a survivor of sexual assault yeah. Karen's a survivor of rape and Karen has been talking about the fact that whether or not it's a joke which Ashley keeps saying like it didn't happen but it's also a joke it didn't happen but the stuff but that it's happened like with saying a, a racial slur and being like it was a joke well you still said it and I don't want to hear it and I asked you not to and you keep doing it but and also you're saying it like it was a joke like the other person was participating and in they it, weren't but they weren't they never gave consent and their reaction to it is matters. Valid. Of course. Yeah. And I think the other thing with Potomac at the moment is that it it has, it's action packed and it is a tight show. Oh, so good. But the tone thing is tough 
because we're jumping between sympathizing with Ashley, being mad at Michael and grossed out by him, feeling bad for Karen, and then Giselle makes fun of Karen. It's very complicated. Like, it is like an onion of a show. And that's what I think is the reason that I find all of this so engaging, because on Beverly Hills, which, again, again, is not my favorite one to watch, it's fairly straightforward what everybody's pushing, and they will reinforce that throughout the entire episode. And if you get moments of humor, it's like Kyle making fun of Lisa because she doesn't like Lisa, and you're like, that reinforces the Lisa fight. Um, Potomac is just all over the place, and they all have so much going on. In In the the best best way. way. It is so good. And, like, I have to say, like, uh, Giselle is an all-time great housewife. She is playing the game on a level un- heretofore unseen, and I love her. And I I actually think this whole cast is really tight. I don't think there's anybody that I'm like... I know some people don't really care for Monique, but I actually really oh, like... Oh, I love Monique. I like season. Monique. I, I love, love everybody. Her. I feel like Potomac is playing varsity um, volleyball, and OC and Beverly Hills are playing, like, Newcomb. Like, remember that game yep. where you, like, catch it, you don't have to, like, throw it back mm-hmm. or, like, hit it or whatever? Oh, my God, sports. Like, I oh. just... They feel like they're playing a different kind of game, and they I mean, also... So even Candace so well. touring that house on Beverly Hills. If they toured a house, they'd be like, I wanted this house. It's on the beach. It's perfect. Now I've got a drop sleeve. Next scene <laughs> on Potomac. She's like, it's a $2.5 million house. And her husband is like, we don't have $2.5 million. They don't have enough for their condo that their mother. So what Candace is saying is like, she, I'm going to separate. I'm going to financially emancipate myself from um, being under my mom and having her pay for that condo by instead having a house that she will also pay for. And and we'll have a master bedroom in. And Giselle, <laughs> she'll have her own suite. Well, because that's appropriate. She should have the master suite. And she, is, she owns the house. She owns the house. And then Giselle said on the after show, she's like, so guess what? Um, Candace's mom told me. She told me that Candace actually asked her for money for the house so that she doesn't have to keep paying for the condo. And then Candace went on social media and she's like, that's such bullshit. She never talked to my mom. Uh, wait until the reunion, blah, blah, blah. And she better focus on making sure that her $900,000 cabin doesn't fall down. Oh, my God. <laughs> Which when I was Robin like, used that toilet. Amazing. Disgusting. Amazing. Disgusting. Uh, do you think that Luann reached so out to Candace's mom and said, do you have $5 million because there's a house? <laughs> I really need. How does her mom have... Her mom was a psychiatrist, right? Or a therapist or some sort of ist? I guess. How, she sold her practice, I'm assuming. I have Yeah, Googled that has it. to be what it is. She, she was probably her- like, these crazy people are boring. I'm so she got, like a, she got like a lump sum, I'm guessing. But, but you can invest have- well. If you if you get a couple million bucks for a practice or whatever, like billable stuff adds up to, maybe she walked away with two and a half mil or five mil. Two and a half mil is not going to do it. No, but if you invest it well and you live sort of within your means and you say to your daughter, like, yeah, I wonder how you're getting an allowance. Lives. I wonder if Candace's mom is the kind of parent that like, I know, I know a lot of, um, uh, what's it called? Um, only kids who have parents like this, where their where parents, they live humbly right. and the kids and they live give large. the kids everything, and yeah. then that kid grows up to be a fucking monster. Because well, it's Candace's all mom seems to live through her. Yeah, and so I would think that why she, not invest in myself? And myself is an extension of me, aka my it's my like, children. It's like she's playing with a doll in a in an iOS game and doing a ton of in app purchases, and her regular life isn't anything. And you know, like it, I I do think she and lives the through doll her, like, is a, a teddy pageant. bear that she loves to poke. Yeah, I mean for real, it's like a pageant mom thing and so Candace also doesn't doesn't seem 
to understand. I, I know this is an obvious statement, but every week it hits me how truly she doesn't seem to understand the value of a single dollar. Like she does not understand what work is. Like he was like, well, we don't have this money. And she's like, well, I have my hair business and my Which consulting business. Which her mom supports. My- those are all her mother's businesses. Yeah. It's like you don't work though. And why would any of those suddenly become a success if you don't spend any time working at that? Like she doesn't understand work or how to get money outside of like, I want it. And like that weird princess behavior is just... And then to juxtapose that with like Robin and Giselle, it's like these people are backbending to be entrepreneurs and stand on their own two feet and rebuild their lives after devastating personal situations. And Tonight's Candace episode, is like, I need a $2.5 million house. Tonight's episode, the teaser is like, Robin's going to buy a truck now. Okay. Robin couldn't be trying harder <laughs> to bring in income in the strangest ways, but God bless her. She's yeah, doing the work. I so love many. that. I love watching that. I, I, you know, some people take it too far. Like Bethany let it take over her life in a, in a way that I think even she realizes now but I love seeing someone work really hard and have a dream and Candace just is the a complete opposite with all the entitled self-importance of someone that would that earned their money and sold their liquor brand <laughs> and it's so funny and hard to watch and I love it I love it with, I love watching her prance around with Bethany and with some of the others where it's like business is everything it's it's not so much that they regret the time which I'm sure a part of it is is that exactly I think it's also the fact that she was replacing one toxic element of her life her childhood everything else and she was replacing it with work which could be productive and proactive and also make her successful and with Candace she's replacing it with stuff (laughs) it's just stuff on more stuff and the show she's like I need a bigger house to buy more stuff and put in right she doesn't have a plan and Robin probably doesn't have a plan but Robin is trying and she knows what's good and right and Robin also came from having new money and then losing it so robin knows what it's like to be poor I or saw broke not poor broke. a ted talk you're gonna die erica jane by kelly catrone <laughs> i love kelly catrone oh my god i just tilted my head so far it's now like turned in a circle but she said something where she was like i Am went to nursing <laughs> i love her i support all of her monsterhood um people's evolution <laughs> she <laughs> went to nursing school became a nurse realized what? that she hated that Came to New York and was like she a party girl. For people? Yeah, she that openly is, says she was like that's so surprising. She saw someone sick and she was like, I don't like this. Yeah, <laughs> she came to New York, became a party girl, then got into publicity as like a lower level entry at a PR firm. Realized that like she couldn't deal with like being told what to do, so she started her own firm. Was super unhappy. Became like a tarot card reader what? in Santa Monica. Then became a very successful tarot card reader. You know what? Actually, I said that what? And then I immediately was like, I would a thousand percent go to her. And I've 100%. never been percent. Yeah, and so she was making like a thousand dollars a day <gasps> reading tarot cards over the oh phone. Oh my God. Someone tell Robin, buy a pack of cards. And so she took that money and started People's Revolution. And she was like, it wasn't until I realized who I was and that it was a blend of all of those people and a blend of all of those things on top of new stuff that I learned that I realized that like my identity as a publicist, I'm comfortable in it now. Oh. And my identity as like an entrepreneur is is how I have oh to live my, my life because I know I'm who have I am. To watch that it's so days. good and it, it's really good. And um, I look at Candace and she's completely the opposite. I don't think she has any idea who she is. I don't think she has any idea who she is without money, without stuff, without being a housewife or Chris's wife or a new young whatever. I just don't think she knows who she is. And you look at Monique and Giselle and Robin, and these are women who know who they are. Um, but Candace just doesn't, and she. And yet she finds the time to read everybody else's like bullshit. And it's like people in glass houses maybe shouldn't throw stones at Ashley Darby. 
I totally agree with you. And it's just making me think of Katie, too, when you're talking about people in glass houses. Because Katie Ross is, like, throwing stones and she's throwing the glass best Glass houses with stones. no air conditioning. But that's the thing is, like, <laughs> glass houses with, like, a really unstable foundation. And her wigs are so scary to me. Because I'm like, she doesn't look together. She's <laughs> They were at that fundraiser and they didn't know what it was for. <laughs> I mean, that Katie's actually like, was. My mom invited. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Kids? Poverty? <laughs> poor children? Um... Yeah, I poor, poor Katie. I I really I love so much of what Katie's saying, and then she says stuff like online where I'm like, "Oi vey!" I don't she know that I believe you. Like, a, I don't know that you believe you. She seems like a fairly intelligent and intuitive person yes. who's also really deeply ill and yeah. like going through it. Yeah. And that is a person we've seen on these shows before. Like Kim Richards would say things occasionally under her breath. This is the meanest thing you've ever said about Katie Ross. Do not compare it to Kim- Kimberly Richards. Sometimes Kim would say things under her breath and then they would come true like two seasons later or they would be she like... She had that sober season. Yeah, she yeah. would see through that somebody's bullshit because she'd been through so much right. shit. She could diagnose what was going on with yeah. you. But she was so unwell that nobody wanted to listen to her or spend right. any time with her. And Katie, I think, it's like she'll be in a party store in like a crazy wig that's half up with like her pants off staring off into space and she'll go... Michael Darby's a predator and Ash is just using her father's situation to cover up for that. Anyway. And you're like, get it together because you're smart. And she'll say, is Michael gay? Whereas everybody else is like, how are you feeling? She'll just straight up be like, like, so he's gay. So he's gay. Can I just ask you, (laughs) do you think that Michael Darby is gay? I think he's probably bisexual and he gets the thrill of it being a secret and pushing boundaries and and that's super unhealthy. Do you think it's a thrill or do you think it's through fear he gets excited about the fear? Yeah, I think it's an adrenaline rush to be like, I could get caught. Yeah. And um, he doesn't have empathy for other people because this has gone on for so long that Mm -hmm. I think he's just metastasized into a predator. I genuinely think this. And um, sue me. Uh, And I worry because he's so deep into it that he's not going to pull himself out. And Ashley does not seem to have diagnosed that or understand that at all. And I think it's going to take him repeating this in bigger and bolder ways, which is going to happen. I think it's going to get worse and worse. Yeah, if he attacked a member of production, that's or not like, a great indicator that he's trying to hide this in any way while filming. Yeah. He grew up that man while he was holding a working camera. Yeah, I think this is going to get worse. He's getting close to the fire. And then Ashley's going to be and like, well, waiting. I'm out of my contract. And I also think Ashley needs to work a little bit in therapy on stuff with her dad and like her stuff with men. And maybe that will clue her in better. I think Ashley can come out of this at some point. But at the moment, she's not the person that will ever like. Whose marriage do you think is going to last longer? Candace and Chris or Ashley and Michael Darby? Candace and Chris by default. Because Ashley and Michael... Um, I think, I think Ashley and Michael are going, this is going to get worse and worse over the course of the next two or three years until it is a full on contentious divorce thing. And she's going to, it's going to be very complicated. She's going to have multiple stories of what happened and how it happened and what she's divorcing him over. And it will never make sense to us because she's never going to tell us the flat out truth. The thing with Chris is I think he's going to keep trying to fix her for as long as she will allow him to do that. And That's at some a good point, point. As long as she will allow him to do that. That's a very point, good point. She will decide she wants more money that her mom isn't giving her and that Chris isn't giving her. And she'll find someone who can give her more money. And she'll stop allowing him to try to fix her. And he is a well-intentioned, nice person who sees good things in her. And he will keep trying to fix her. And it is dark, but it can go on a little bit longer than the... um. Michael and Ashley thing, right? 
Yeah, I think so. I think I think it's like they're both destined to fail for different reasons. Like Michael Darby wants to have sex with men but or one at least feels embarrass like, his wife. One feels like um, things aren't going well and we're not entirely happy, but we're in a sustainable place. The Darbys just look like chaotic evil. Like anything could happen at any moment. And now they have a fucking baby. A baby. That is and like. And she's going to want that baby to have a relationship with its dad because she knows what it was like to not have a father present in her life. And he's going to get farther gonna... and farther away because he seems to really react to being like tied down. I've heard a lot of people contact me and say that they think that they're like secret swingers or that they think that Ashley knows. I think maybe she knows on a deeply, deeply, deeply subconscious level, but I, I do think not they think they could that have she's... done pillow talk where he's like, I can be attracted to men. Like I can see why a man's I handsome. See, I, see I could have a threesome all. with another dude and you maybe. And then he's talked around it in a way. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't think he's been explicit. It's like wink, wink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree with you. I don't I agree think agree. he's like, I'm a bisexual. I don't think he has right, the, and I don't the think capacity. Had, to I don't do think that. they've had threesomes with men. No. I don't think he has the capacity to do that. But I think he thinks that he's... Yeah, because he would have to know he's himself. He's hinted at it enough right. that if he slipped, it wouldn't be a big deal. But I think that's not true of Ashley, but it's true in his brain. I'm honestly so uncomfortable when I watch the scenes of like him with Juan and him with like the other... Because I feel like he they're being lecherous. forced to interact with him. Yeah, he's lecherous. He's gross, and he's flirty in a way that I have never seen him with his wife. And when they like went to sushi, and he was like, oh, you look like you worked out. That is nowhere near as... Um, true and honest seeming from him as whenever he talks to Juan about literally anything. He he, he comes alive like a child. Like he looks like a little boy who just like was on Christmas morning. He's like, oh, hi, Juan. What, what, what are we talking about? Oh, oh, And I'm like, oh, God, it's just so uncomfortable and gross. And like, it's not fair to your wife. It's not fair to Juan. It's not fair to Robin. It's not fair to the poor cameramen who are like, keep a wide berth. Can you imagine what it's like to show up to work no. knowing that nope. that's how he... I would that's quit. unbelievable. Well, that's what the, the cameraman did. I, I, who knows what kind of settlement may have taken place, but he definitely quit production. Ugh. So sad. Anyway. You know what's not sad? Having you on AG. <laughs> Tell the people. Um, well, before we go, I also just want to say, um, oh, yeah? if Shep I'm could amazing. leave the homeless of New York alone, that would be great. I <laughs> just want to throw that out there before I, I leave. lost my mind online and used like every... Because the problem with Shep is it's not just that he... Um, harassed a woman online and posted it and his reasoning was she laughed at one time while she's trying to hide her face and then he's DMing viewers who are like why are you posting video making fun of a homeless woman collecting recycling so she can try to survive to live another day and he's like well if you're gonna he literally because someone screenshotted and essentially went viral within the Broadway community Broadway Bravo community same thing Bravo community <laughs> and he was like um, if you're going to have cans I should have the right to exploit that whatever what are you talking and about and he makes fun of and attacks Southern Charm fans and Bravo fans who are saying this is inappropriate behavior, who are adding Patricia into the threads correctly. She has a lot to say about a lot of other people, including Ashley. She won't. She doesn't have a fucking thing to say about this because it's too close to home. Tagging Andy, tagging Bravo correctly. And he's like, I won't apologize. Go fuck yourself. Oh, I'll do it's therapy. real rich for him to judge a homeless person when his money comes from his fucking mailbox. A thousand percent. And then Bravo, he's like, it's so funny. You're going to send me to the pr principal's office. Bravo, a thousand percent has a conversation with him. And he says, I'm going to go away and think. Um, yeah. I didn't mean anything when you a hundred percent did, because that was the total point of posting that video and then answering people in a very specific, consistent way. And then Bravo has a conversation. He posts a thing and he's like, I'm going to step away from a little bit. But what he meant was stepping away from Twitter, because on Instagram, he's still posting photos of him with like little, little, little Craig, the little cute little puppy whose daddy is bad his daddy is a bad bad man 
Like who seems to have some severe substance issues that and severe anger issues that I was going to say trigger his, anger. His, his, his deep wells of anger and his deep insecurities and he he takes it out on other people and it is getting worse and worse. The way he treats Craig is probably how he was treating a random homeless woman that he came across. It's so revolting and yeah, stomach turning. And it's a joke to him that comes from a place of rage and he's gotten away with so much. If we are we all got distracted by T Rav, but the problem is what he did to um Chelsea yeah. and what he did to all of those women who all talk about the fact that he's made all of them cry during the episodes and on the after show. What he's doing to poor fucking Madison LaCroix is Madison not, when he was like your white trash, like you should your be white a honky trash, tonk bar. You're a white trash hairdresser. Like yeah. Fuck you. Who the fuck are you? At least she Who has the a fuck job. Is Shep? At least she has a job. Like, and what works. has he accomplished besides being on television? He has done absolutely nothing and the television needs to be like, taken tan away. Tan mom's been on television, Shep. You're not that far above. Um, he needs to go off the show. And I actually thought about this to myself. Like, could could the show survive? And I really think it could. Yep. There will always be someone crazy and someone rich and someone blind. The that only can person him. I think maybe the show couldn't survive losing is maybe this Craig? is controversial. It's Craig. No, that's not controversial. That's he's accurate. the Giselle of the show he is so <laughs> he wishes he was Giselle I'm joking um pillow talk I think that as I stroke this pillow on this couch um it's so Pretend good it's, it's so hair. fuzzy I'm so into it um yeah I totally agree um anyway sorry Shep, I wanted Shep to throw that canceled, out there but AG isn't at least not yet um Ryan tell the people how to follow you online um they can find me at Ryan Houlihan on Instagram and Twitter I have a new podcast <gasps> Um, which is called The Lost Episode. It is a show where we improvise new original episodes of television classics that you know and love, like a time travel episode of Friends (gasps) or a musical episode of... Mad Men. Love that. And this Tuesday okay. morning, I will be dropping um, with Carrie O'Donnell, who does the Sexy Unique podcast occasionally. We did um, The Real Housewives of New York in the <gasps> Apocalypse. Yes. And it is an hour and a half long. And I, when I say it is my greatest work, like. <laughs> It is all thanks to Carrie O'Donnell's genius brain. It's really good. So you're, please go check that out. Please go check that out. Your greatest work, aside from every time you're on Andy's Girls, obviously. Guys, go to the show. Buy your tickets now. They're $10. Littlefield. Yeah, go to Ryan, at Ryan Hulan, or you can go to littlefieldnyc.com, I think is what it is. And mm-hmm. you can hop on those tickets. I can't wait to see you. Tell us if you're coming. We're going to post a throwback photo because neither of us want to show you what Our we look like. Our faces at the moment. <laughs> um, We're looking real Gina. <laughs> God, I really am. And I wash my hair. Okay. Um, Twitter at Sarah Galley, Instagram at Dame Galley. I love when you post nice, um, lovely five star reviews on um, iTunes because those are in no way triggering, unlike some of you that post not nice things. So if you haven't taken a second to um, show me a little bit of love on iTunes, would appreciate it. Want to hear your thoughts on Potomac and OC. Rest in peace, Beverly Hills. Hope you're dead for at least several months. Um, but this episode was totally alive and I loved it. I love you. Love you. Okay, bye guys. Tell us your thoughts and feels and we'll talk to you soon. Okay, bye. bye.